Good morning, everyone. Today's scripture reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13 through 15. So if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. This is the word of the Lord for us. When you want to do some serious stargazing, you need a telescope. You've got to, you've got to get a telescope, even if it's the lowest caliber telescope, and then you look through it. Now, if you've ever done this, if there are any uh, amateur astronomers, you know that when you first pull out that telescope and look through it, maybe you're trying to see the moon, all you see is a blob. <laughs> is that the moon? You're looking outside the telescope. Is that the, you, you, you might be able to tell, okay, I have the moon there, but it's not clear. It's just this giant blob. And so what do you do then, but you begin to adjust the focus. And you turn it this way, and you turn it that way, until you bring that entity into focus. And then you get those breathtaking views. You see what you couldn't see before. It goes from blurry to crystal clear. And so I'd like to suggest to us this morning that churches need to do the same thing. That at the start of a brand new year is a great opportunity to do that. That, it, that we need to adjust our focus. That we need to clarify the vision. To see the fine details. So this morning, the task at hand is to both remember what God has done as we look back, but also envision what lies ahead as we look forward. And really, the image that I got, the mental image that I got as I'm thinking about astronomy and looking through the telescope would be like when you're with a child and you want them to see, and you just want them to put their eye up to the telescope but it's your hand that's adjusting the focus. And so that was the image that the Lord gave me was that we just simply put our eye up to the telescope, but it is the hand of God that is making the adjustment and bringing it into focus. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So let me introduce myself. I'm John. I serve as lead pastor here at MCA. I'm thrilled that you are with us today. I'm praying that through our time together, your heart and your home grow stronger in the Lord. So happy new year. It's 2022. Wow. Anybody have any New Year's resolutions? You don't have to share them. Anybody? Show of hands. <laughs> you were afraid I was going to call on you, weren't you, Dave? I've done it so many times where I set the new year. You know, I just love how at the beginning of a new year, we're all just these wide-eyed optimists. Like, this year, everything is going to go great. Like, I'm going to lose the 40 pounds. My marriage is going to become fantastic. I'm going to read the Bible every day and just become this spiritual giant. I'm going to graduate and get the degree I want. It's like, we all are just these amazing wide-eyed optimists for the first six weeks. <laughs> and I've done it as well, where I set the resolution only to fail. So... Uh, I'm considering for this year to resolve to not make any resolutions. <laughs> I, I'm not going to meet any resolutions. Although, if you think about it, then if I succeed, I fail again. Ah! 
Well, I, I will say that this morning, it really, it's a great opportunity at the start of a new year to do some evaluation. To, to both look back and look forward, and really, so that's what we're going to do today. And, and I just can't help but say how excited I am for where we're at as a church. I, I, I'm excited as we enter a new year for what the Lord has in store for us. But before we get into to that, I do want to share a few uh, goals that we have and some, some ideas and some plans and for what we believe God is leading us into in the new year. But before we do that, I do want to take the, more, the opportunity to look back, to consider these past 12 months, the year 2021, and to just recognize this was a year of God's faithfulness. This was, we saw the Lord at work, and for that, I think we should give thanks. We're probably all guilty of groaning when we think over the last year. It was another difficult year. It was another year filled with a global pandemic and lives impacted and changes. And so I'd like to encourage us this morning to, to look back, but to give thanks and to recognize where God has been faithful to see. Yes, there were challenges, but there were also joys that God has been at work. God was at work in us and through us. I think you would probably all agree with me that we changed over the past year, that that God changed us. I think in some ways we changed because of intentional growth. We made decisions that then led to change. So again, in the context of our local church here at MCA, I think of women who signed up to be a part of our Titus II ministry. And the the growth and the relationships that then came out of that. That was an intentional choice. We pray the same thing happens in the next year. Or our young people, our high school students who said, I'm going to serve on a mission trip. I'm going to give sacrifice of my time. I'm going to sacrifice my resources. And I'm going to serve the Lord. And then to see what happened in young lives. Those were intentional choices that led to change. I, I think there are probably other times where... It wasn't so intentional, but we just simply pressed on. <laughs> you, you just didn't stop. You, did, you didn't foresee what was coming, but you just pressed on. You just said, Lord, help me. We're going to make it through. We're going to keep our eyes fixed on you, and we're going to keep going. You just walked in obedience to the Lord. And we all have our own stories. I, I wish we had more time, really, to to kind of share and open up. And we don't have Sunday school this morning, but I, I would encourage us. We have fellowship after. We're going to do coffee and donuts. Maybe even there in the context of conversation or this afternoon around the lunch table. Take the chance to, to ask someone in your family or circle of friends to, to reflect on 2021. What were the things that God did? How, how did you see the Lord at work in you and through you? I know we've got, we've got great stories among us. You, you did it. You ran the marathon. You did it. You started the restaurant. You did it. You graduated. You got married. Those those kinds of stories. I think as as I uh, reflect on 2021, one of the things in the life of our church that comes to my mind that I believe is significant is in our prayer ministry with our prayer team. I think we saw growth in our prayer ministry. We we just sort of sensed the Lord calling us to grow in our prayer habits to gather more regularly, to, to bless others, to stay committed to intercessory prayer. And so 
we gather on Sunday mornings before the service and we pray. And this year, we began offering a prayer ministry opportunity after our worship services on Sundays. And throughout the week, when a prayer need arises, we send those needs out to our intercessory prayer team that we can be lifting them up. And I just can't tell you how many times over the course of this year, I had people reach out to me and say they knew we were praying for them and how much that meant. Or they felt and they sensed our prayers or or they saw God at work in those situations in remarkable ways. And they were thankful. See, when you when you sense God at work, that's what it does for you. It leads you to gratitude. And so I'm I'm just amazed by that and I'm blessed by that. That that as a church we're we're growing in our prayer life. Our elders did a retreat this fall where we gathered and I tell you we, we took time as part of that retreat to pray. In fact, we prayed for every man, woman, and child at MCA by name. We prayed for each and every one. Or I think of our core group leaders who are, who are committed to praying for the people in the groups they lead. Or was it this year our high school students did the prayer booth? Yeah. So ask one of our young people about that experience. They, they did a prayer booth in Worcester where it was simply strangers on the street Come and we will bless you and minister to you in prayer. So I'm so grateful as I reflect on 21 for the ways that God has been shaping us as people of prayer. And I want to put that before us as we move forward that we must continue to be a people of prayer and grow in our ability to do that. I also think of opportunities God gave us to just kind of get into our community, you know, get out of the four walls of our church building and and be the church uh, in our community. So... Uh, it was in July, I think, that we had a group of us do uh, walk in the parade in Fredericksburg. And, and we had all generations there, and we tossed out candy and T-shirts and gave out water bottles. And, man, that was fun. That was really a fun time. And I think it was just a great opportunity for us to be present in our community, to, to serve and to bless this community right where God has put us. I think of other key events where... We partnered with other churches in our region, where it wasn't just a holy huddle. It wasn't just, this is our kingdom and our empire, but it was, no, we're part of God's kingdom. And so we we recognize and we value other great local churches, and we partnered with them at at, uh, key times. We did uh, services for Good Friday. We did Easter sunrise. We did a national day of prayer in May. And then, of course, Labor Day weekend. We hosted the other Fredericksburg churches right here at MCA. I would say another highlight of the year was baptisms. That's probably an annual highlight for me. Like, like there's just something encouraging and exciting when you see people taking those active steps in their faith journey. And if you remember, it was in August that we had an outdoor baptism. We did one at our church picnic in the swimming pool at Skyview Ranch. And it was just such an amazing thing. And, and as you think about baptism and that public declaration that you're a follower of Jesus, like that's a significant event in the life of a believer, that step of baptism. 
that it's an important part of your walk with Christ. Um, we, we know that because Jesus was baptized and because Jesus teaches us that in the Great Commission when he tells us to go and make disciples. So Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, Jesus says, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so as we do those kinds of things in the life of the church, we realize we are in line with what God is leading us to do, what our Lord Jesus has commanded us to do, that we're making disciples and we're, we're baptizing people just as he called us to. A few other reflections on this year, and, and again, I'm sure you have your own reflections in your personal life, in your family, but also in the life of the church. Uh, but this fall, when our gifts team did the ministry fair, uh, what a neat event that was. Uh, and then as part of that, we studied the spiritual gifts. And we were encouraged to use our gifts, those ways that God has empowered us and gifted us, those ways he has blessed us, to use those then to build up the body of Christ, to see others maturing in their faith and growing stronger. There was the great week of VBS. There was the church softball team. The, this winter, we sent our, uh, a small mission team down to North Carolina who packed the, the Christmas shoeboxes. We resumed church meals this year. As we look back at the church calendar, it was like we had foregone those for a period of time, and we resumed church meals together, which was sweet. And then Bible studies that took place, where we can grow deeper in the Word of God and connect one with another. And I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but I'm so pleased that this fall... We had 15 people complete a course that I taught here called How to Study the Bible. <laughs> 15 people spent part of their fall going through this course and completed it, and it was called How to Study the Bible. Like, that just gets me going. Seeing people equipped with the ability to get into the Word of God, to study it, and to grow from it. And of course, that is not to say anything about our core group activities. And I don't know what, what all our core groups did. I, I caught glimpses here and there, but core groups who did various activities and events and service projects and just a plethora of, of things that happened in the life of the church in those smaller settings. And, and really, I, I should take the opportunity to say our core groups are the centerpiece of our ministry here at MCA. I mean, that took me like four seconds to recognize when I first walked into this church. When I joined you in ministry here, it was like, wow, this is a church that is committed to this smaller group uh, model of ministry. Like, we have core group leaders who lead and who love really well, who care about our people, who, who are committed to praying for those in their group, who, who then just work tirelessly to build relationships and stir up faith and really come alongside you in life's journey. And we're probably all um, familiar with those smaller churches. We have them all over our nation and all over our region. And, you know, it's like in a church of 50 people or maybe even 100 people, like pastor can be that guy. And it's sort of this antiquated notion that it's like, so pastor then is going to be in every hospital room and he's going to visit every home and he's going to be intimately aware of what's happening in your life and in your family. But we understand here at MCA, like, so our church uh, would be like between 500 and 600 people who consider MCA home. 
So pastor can't be that guy to that number of people. So that's why we have 12 core groups where we can get that level of connection with one another. That's why it's so imperative that we have core group leaders who are leading and shepherding and loving well. They know what's happening in your life. We, we get involved in each other's lives in those smaller settings where we're truly cared for. And I would say those aren't 12 separate churches. We are one unified church. But that's our model of ministry. That, that's how we're able to experience true, genuine Christian community in the context of these smaller settings. If you haven't joined a core group, now's a great time to do it. At the start of a new year, I would encourage you to consider that. Or maybe, just maybe, you've become disengaged from your core group. I know for some of our core group lists that I diligently look over and analyze the stats and pray over, we've got families and individuals who are assigned to a core group, but the attendance sheet shows quite otherwise. Sometimes I have to do a little digging and go, oh, okay, Jason's teaching Sunday school. I was about to bring him to task. (laughs) But in other cases, that might be your core group, but you don't seem to be really, truly engaging. So again, I would give a plea to you this morning at the start of a brand new year. If you haven't joined a core group, now's the time. Or if you've been assigned to one, but you've really disengaged, would you consider submitting yourself? (laughs) Making yourself accountable and available to your core group as we want to journey through life together, getting involved in each other's lives. That's the way we are designed. That's the way we have ministry set up for our church family here. Well, that's about it for 2021 reflection. Some of you are dozing off, so I can tell that was not the most riveting of presentations. But let me just say that as I reflect on 2021, did you notice that nowhere in my reflections did I mention gathering in our church building on Sunday mornings to sing songs and preach the word of God? Nowhere in the 2021 reflections that I've just given over the past 10 minutes did I mention a worship service. Well, I guess I mentioned the community one. But, but there, there, there's a reason for that. It, is it important for us to gather on Sundays in this context? Yes, absolutely, of course. We are not neglecting the gathering of believers. But the church doesn't just exist on Sundays. And so you might need to reorient your thinking, and if God can allow me to to be a part of that this morning, so be it. That the church is not a building. The church is not a Sunday program. That the church is living and active. It is a group of people committed to Christ. And so the church isn't just Sundays, my friend. The church is seven days a week. As we love one another, serve our community, and then live out the calling we just heard from the Great Commission to make disciples wherever we go. So why should we reflect on the past? Well, it is significant because remembering the past helps to face what lies ahead. You see, when we know what God has done, then it gives us faith to trust what God will do. Like he did it once He'll do it again. So remembering then becomes a significant part of our faith, which is why I wanted to take a few minutes to just do some reflections, and I'm encouraging that even as we continue on in our fellowship hour or in your, around your lunch table to do some reflections. 
And it's okay if your memory isn't perfect. Some, someone uh, recently told me that I'm forgetful. I just wish I could remember who it was. So I want to uh, take us to a passage in 1 Samuel. It's in chapter 7, where the prophet sets up a memorial stone. I preached on this a couple of years ago. Do you guys remember that? And I brought stones in, and we, we took a sanctified moment to write out, I think, a verse or a phrase on those stones. And maybe you still have those. This would be a good opportunity to get those out or to find those if they're in your house somewhere. Or to do a new one. But uh, the, the, the prophet sets up this memorial stone. He doesn't want the people to forget what God has done. And so in verse 12, it says, Then Samuel took a stone and he set it up between Mizpah and Shane, and he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Thus far. Up till this point, as of right now, all the way from the beginning until today, God has been present. God has been faithful. God has helped us. And Ebenezer, of course, means stone of help or stone of the helper. And it just reminded the people as they saw that memorial stone of what God had done. And as they remembered what God had done, it inspired them for the days that lay ahead. So where are we going as a church? What is our vision? What are we all about at MCA? Well, maybe it's anticlimactic. But you know, honestly, we're just ordinary people. (laughs) We do serve an extraordinary God. We're ordinary people who serve an extraordinary God. I think that this church is welcoming. We are friendly. We're generous. We know that life is really complicated, and we know that we need each other along that journey. And we just get really excited when God gives us the opportunity to minister to another one. That that we always have an eye out for another one that the Lord is adding to our number. We are committed to the Word of God. We are committed to, and as I said before, even growing in prayer. We are a people of prayer. And we work, especially our our staff and and the leaders here, we work really, really hard to equip you on your journey with Christ. We care about not only the people within our fellowship, but we care about the people in our region. And we care about the ones that are coming along behind us, the next generations. And we have this vision and this idea that as a church, we want to grow younger every year. So would you turn with me in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 11? This is where Alicia read for us a few moments ago. We'll we'll jump down to verse 18 and, and just see this great challenge that they are to teach their children about the Lord. Like when they sit at home, when they get up, when they walk. So we're in Deuteronomy chapter 11, starting at verse 18. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. So that's instructive for us. Recognizing that there are younger ones who are coming along, who are watching us, who are imitating us. And who, unless we do something about it, are going to look more like the world. 
And so we teach them to the next generations. And of course, our, our vision statement that Jeremy mentioned a few moments ago, we say this every single week here. Our vision is to become a vibrant community of transformed people committed to sharing the life-giving power of Jesus with the world. Now, I could probably spend 10 weeks unpacking that. I don't want to do that. But I think for this morning's purposes, we can break our vision statement down into really two significant or main parts, which would be vibrant community and sharing Jesus. And so I do want to take a few minutes to sort of zero in there. And again, this is all in the context of, it's a new year, it's 2022. What's the plan? What's the vision? Where is God leading us to be a vibrant community? And I should also say, being a vibrant community says way more about God than it does us. You know, for for some, we hear vibrant community or people who are vibrant, and we think of like, are we talking thrill seekers and daredevils? You know, like, that's not necessarily who we are. But if you look at 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 25, it talks about an unbeliever who comes into a worship service and just by their presence and just by coming into that place, they declare right then and there that God is present. Surely God is among you. And so I think as we talk about a vibrant community, it says way more about God than it does about us. But a vibrant church is indeed a praying church. And so as we're stepping into a new year, and where are we going as a year? I'll tell you outright. I want to see even more people involved in our prayer ministry. I want to see even more people engaged in prayer in various forms. I would invite you to come and join us. We pray at 830 on Sunday mornings. We, pray, we gather half an hour before the worship service to pray. And how cool would it be if we outgrew our prayer room? We've got 12 seats, I believe, I counted. 12 seats or chairs in our prayer room. How cool would it be if we outgrew our prayer room this year? But we would invite you to come any Sundays that you're able to come and join us in prayer on Sunday mornings. A vibrant community is involved in one another's lives. It's not just a Sunday checklist, I attended a worship service, but it is life on life, friendship, discipleship. And so as we add people to our fellowship and add people to our congregation, then I think we need to have a vision for multiplying our core groups. Boy, if we could just recruit two more families, then we could could multiply this group and have two groups. Why? So that even more people are connected and loved and cared for. So Proverbs 29, 18 says, Without a vision, the people lose restraint. But happy is the one who follows instruction. So I think it's easy for us to get caught up just kind of playing church. It's it's easy for us to kind of just go through the religious motions. It's way more difficult, and yet I would say way more rewarding, When we have a vision for drawing even more people into relationship with God and into relationship with one another. But it sometimes means sacrifices. And really, I probably should have started with this. As we talk about being a vibrant community, like we are a vibrant community because of the word of God. 
that, that we stand on, that we cling to, that we, that we teach and preach and sing. In fact, uh, let me share this fun goal with you all. For the year 2022, we have a goal of reading through the entire Bible in one sitting. Like we start in Genesis and we keep reading. We take turns, of course, all the way until the end of Revelation. Our, our elders have been making plans for this. We will probably do it in May. But we have a vision for reading through the entire Bible all the way through in one sitting. Why would we do this? Well, we think that it is important in the life of the church that the word of God is central. We also think that this would be a powerful experience for our church family. We're just praying that for each and every one, young and old, been here since 1987, just joined in 2021, that for each one you would experience the richness, the delight of feasting on God's word. And so look at these words from Psalm 119. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees, the psalmist writes. I will not neglect your word. So we continue to grow as a vibrant community through prayer, through scripture, and through one anothering. So that, that's the first part of our vision as we kind of boil it down. That's the vibrant community. The other part that I mentioned that just jumps out, of course, the second part is sharing Jesus. And sharing Jesus only happens when all of us are working together, each one using his or her gifts, working together to accomplish our mission. So no, we don't all have the gift of evangelism, but yes, we can all be involved in sharing Jesus. That's the vision that our church has. As we serve in and bolster the ministry at MCA, we all take part in that. Let, let me just put it this way. The farmer is just as involved in you getting bread as the baker. The farmer is just as involved in you getting bread as the baker. So... What I mean by that is, like, in the life of the church, we all have our part and we all contribute to what God is doing and the end result. Like, like our nursery workers and the coffee makers and our tech team, they are a vital part of our mission of sharing Jesus. But we've got to see that our region is a mission field. We've got to recognize that God has placed us right here for his purposes. And so what we want to do is equip you. We want to equip each and every one to then go into your school, to go into your neighborhood, go into your workplace, to go back to your family, ready to share the gospel, ready to share about the grace of God, ready to shine brightly like a city on a hill. And really that's countercultural. Because in our culture, we just stand ready to condemn. Right? We call it cancel culture. And it says, you messed up and you're now unworthy. But see, the gospel message is the exact opposite. It says, you messed up, but Christ has made you worthy. 
So I hope that you'll come back next week. We're going to be starting a brand new sermon series, and it's on that exact topic. We're calling it Canceled. And what we're going to do then is we're going to learn the biblical model for repentance and how do we keep people, including ourselves, accountable when we do wrong, but also learning about leaving room for grace and for redemption. So I hope you'll be a part of that. It would be a great uh, sermon series to invite a friend for as well as we come against the cancel culture that's so prevalent in our culture. Now, of course, one of our strategies for sharing Jesus, I touched on it a little bit earlier, but it's by targeting the younger generations that we want to see young leaders We want to reach youth and kids. In fact, we're soon going to be looking for and advertising a new job position. The right person who will lead uh, our kids ministry, director of children's ministry. We're excited to be expanding our impact in the next generation. The beginning of 2021 and the end of 21, we had a group of teenagers here doing the uh, New Year's Eve party. And as I reflect on the past year, I'm like, I think that's pretty amazing that our church building and facility was filled with young people at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year, and then, of course, all the way in between. And I understand one of our young people ran into one of the walls and damaged some of our drywall. So let me just publicly say, I love it. That I only want to be part of a church that has young people engaged. And if we have to repair a little bit of drywall, (laughs) worth it. That I don't want to be a part of a church where the drywall is more important than, than, than bringing in the young people and sharing with them the grace of God. That, that I, I want to be a part of a church where we've got some messes to clean up. And I'm not saying we want our youth to be reckless. Come on, Jeremy. (laughs) What I'm saying is, it's worth it. And so, when I say sometimes you make sacrifices when you step into the places God calls you, that's probably a prime example of it. But I'm so thankful that we have young people in our church and we want to reach even more of them. Really, that's the command from Deuteronomy 11. We don't have time this morning to walk through each and every verse. Let let me just... uh, Take us back to that same place where Alicia read for us. So I hope you have your Bible with you in Deuteronomy chapter 11. Let's key in on verse 13. I think these verses are, again, very instructive and helpful for us to have a vision for something bigger than ourselves. For us to consider, will we leave a legacy that's going to far outlast us? So it says, if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and your soul. Then I will send rain on your land in its season, autumn and spring rains, so that you'll gather in your grain, new wine, and olive oil. I'll provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you'll eat and be satisfied. And when you're satisfied, you say, wow, that was so good. Wow, that was so amazing. What's, what's coming out of us is gratitude and thankfulness. And so I pray that in this new year, we would be people filled with thanks to God for what he's done and eager to see what he will do. Not grumbling and complaining. Lord, forgive us for the times we've done that. But having a vision for something bigger than ourselves. And so I hope that you, like me, are looking forward to the new year. 
I hope that you're looking forward to the year 2022 and beyond. (laughs) First, because God is our portion. That it's only in him that we are truly satisfied. Second, because as we are faithful to God, this is a biblical principle. As we are faithful to God and with what God has entrusted to us, he blesses us with more. It's a biblical principle. When you're faithful with what God has given you, core group leaders, when you lead and love your people well, when you get involved in their lives, when you commit to praying for them each and every week, the Lord says, send some more to MCA because they're being discipled and they're being loved on. When you are faithful with what God gives you, when you have a team of people who are raising up middle school students and high school students and young adults, the Lord says, send more their way. Because we want to see that generation raised up to be faithful to God in a culture that doesn't recognize God. So that's why I'm genuinely excited for the days that lie ahead for us here at MCA. So let me recap a little bit as I, as I think through what did I just say about the coming year in 2022. Um, we want to outgrow our prayer room. We want to read through the entire Bible. We want to bolster our efforts in the next generations. We want to see more people enter the waters of baptism. How cool would it be if we had 22 people baptized in the year 2022? How cool would that be? So we are planning to schedule several baptisms in this new year. We would invite you to consider if you've never been baptized. Would you take that step of faith? But listen, we're not as focused on the figures as we are the fruit. We just want to be faithful with what God gives us, whether that's two or 22. We want to be faithful. We want to raise up disciples. We want to grow hearts and homes stronger in the Lord. And so what would I ask of you? Would you diligently pray for our church this year? Would you join me and our staff and our elders and the leaders here? Would you join us in diligently seeking God? Again, asking him, Lord, would you bring into focus what you want us to do, where you want us to go, who you want us to bless? That we're praying that the Lord would direct our steps in this new season. That God would dial into focus a clear picture. Where's God calling us to grow as people of prayer? Absolutely. In our willingness to share Jesus without a doubt. What a great vision to be a vibrant community, boldly building his kingdom, staying laser focused on sharing Jesus with one another, with our kids, in our core groups, with our neighbors and classmates, and yes, with the world. And again, as we walk into all that God has for us, there are no limits on what God can do. We might be ordinary people, and we are but we serve an extraordinary God. There are no limits on what he can do. So as we walk where he leads us, we join in where he is already at work. And Second First Corinthians 2, 9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. So we enter 2022 looking back and also looking forward, grateful for what God has done, and excited for what's in store. Let's pray.
Lord God, we are so grateful for the ways that you have been at work. I pray that today and in in this season, you would help us to reflect and to remember what you've done and to give thanks. And as we look forward to the days ahead, Lord, we trust that you are there, that you have gone before us, that by your spirit, you will guide us. And so, Lord, we pray for you to bring into focus our vision who you want us to be, the places you want us to go. And Lord, as we are faithful, we know that you will only bless us with more. In it all, Lord, we say, we want you to be magnified. We want you to be honored. We want you to be exalted and lifted up. We pray that prayer of John the Baptist that you would become greater and we would become less. And so, Lord, we simply give you thanks. And we set before you this new year, this new season, with eager expectation of all you will do. And we do so in Jesus' precious name. Amen.